Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself, because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey there, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made just for you, food bloggers who are wanting to add value to their businesses and to their lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Heather Eberly from CatchingWonder.com, and we will be discussing one of my favorite topics, cultivating creativity. After years spent cycling through depression and anxiety, Heather realized that many of her issues stemmed from blocked creativity, stagnation, and unpursued dreams. This led to the creation of her website, Catching Wonder, where she explores topics that lead to growth, like connection, creativity, nature, love, cultivating healthy relationships, and emotional work. She also delves into the spiritual side of life with topics like faith, intuition, presence, alignment, and synchronicity. She strives to inspire each of us to move past our fears and do the important work of achieving our dreams. Okay, Heather, that was just a tiny little bit about you and your passions. So take just a couple minutes here to add something extra about yourself, your business, or just give us a fun fact. Megan, thanks so much for having me on today. I'm excited to be on your new podcast to talk about creativity because it's one of my favorite subjects too. So a little bit about my past. I have been what I would call kind of a blocked creative for a number of years. It got progressively worse before it got better. There were a lot of things that factored into this. I was in a marriage that wasn't healthy, uh, went through a hard divorce, dealt with the death of a close friend, had some fairly big issues with work and some financial stresses. And through all of that, what the result was is that I stopped being creative. And it was because I always had an excuse about why I couldn't. Obviously, you know, divorce is something that takes the focus off of creativity and all these other things I went through were big life-changing events. But I let them get in the way of of the creativity that I was um, missing in my life. I made the creativity come second to everything else. And during this time, I heard a, a line from the Gospel of Thomas that really stuck with me. And it says, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. And what this tells me is that we all have talents within us that need to be expressed and shared. And like I said, from my experience, I know that when these talents aren't expressed, it can lead to a lot of negative consequences. You and I have talked in depth about this topic in the past because we both are mildly obsessed with creativity, but it is so vital not only to living a full life, but for growing a thriving business as well. And as you know, food blogging is centered around creativity. So I am super excited to give my listeners some creative insight today. So to start off, Can you define creativity for us and tell us why it is so important? Well, I I think of creativity as the connection to the spirit within us and the outward expression of that, that spirit within us. There's a myth that some people aren't creative 
which is totally untrue. We are all born creators. Think of when you were a child, how much unstructured time you had just spent creating, really. I mean, we, we created so many things, imaginary worlds or, or created um, things with blocks or different types of toys we played with. It was really fostered when we're younger to spend that time creating and playing. And I think because we did take the time to nurture it, we were naturally more creative when we were younger. Now, as we get older, sometimes that creativity is not given the importance that it did as we were younger. We are told that other things are more important. You look at the subjects in school, it's more of a focus on the, you know, the math and the science. And not that those things can't be creative, but the um, truly creative subjects are not given the importance that they are when we're younger. One example that I like to think of, especially in art class, is when kids are maybe in kindergarten or preschool and they do a drawing of a horse. It really doesn't matter what the horse looks like. Uh, usually the teacher will say, it looks great. It looks wonderful. You did a great job. Probably give them more credit for effort and just trying and, and getting out there and being creative. But as we get older, you know, maybe later elementary, when we're drawing a horse, if it's blue and has polka dots and doesn't look like a horse should, um, we're not praised like we are when we're younger. And I think a lot of us get in our heads at that time that maybe we're not creative because our horse doesn't look like a real horse. And so we don't have talents and we don't have the ability. And so we just kind of set it on the shelf like, this is something that I tried and I failed at, so I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to work on creativity. I love the point that you made about all people having creativity inside of them, kind of brewing beneath the surface, because I feel like a lot of people use that as an excuse not to try new things. Do you agree with that? I do. I think so. Uh, whether it's out of fear. I mean, oftentimes I, I do think it's out of fear or lack of importance. But the other thing I think is really important to note is that creativity isn't just for what we would call, quote, artists, you know, painters, musicians, writers, that type of thing. Art is really important for any aspect of our lives. Business people, you know, accountants, electricians, mechanics, people in those professions all use creativity. Parents and anyone in a, a relationship, friends, creativity can be used for brainstorming new ideas, for fostering how to get along better, for coming up with solutions to problems. There are so many ways that creativity plays into our lives, and um, it's not just for, quote, artists. I think it's so important for people to hear this because not everyone thinks this way. And I always think of like the scientists from years ago and the researchers and the inventors and how they used creativity a ton in their research. And I think we forget about that. They were the ones that <laughs> invented amazing things. And that I think that's mostly how they did it was by tapping into their creativity. So I love that. I just like reminding people that you don't have to be a quote unquote artist or anything that falls under that kind of category in order to tap into your creativity. It's very important for everybody. And then I was going to point out, Heather, you you are the one who sent me Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, a couple of years ago. This is one of my absolute favorite books ever. By the way, food bloggers, if you have not read this book, I highly recommend that you do because the first time I read through it, I've read through it twice now and could probably do it repeatedly. I was able to tap into some serious creativity that I had never tapped into before. And it was kind of around that time when my creativity on my blog just started taking off. So it is an amazing book. 
Um, So thank you, Heather, for introducing that to me. Um, But one of the things that she talks about in the book is that we should be journaling every single day. And that's not, again, not just for artists or creative types. Everybody should be waking up and journaling. This simple act can bring out some really cool bits of creativity. Even if you're not a writer and you don't consider yourself to be like a journaling type, it really was amazing what that did for me. I was super skeptical with this process, but it really worked. I highly recommend the book. And if you don't get the book, then I recommend trying the journaling. Moving on, Heather, what are some reasons why creativity might get blocked in people? Well, there are there are a lot of reasons. One, one I already brought up, um, kind of the criticism part of creativity or art. You know, we think it has to be a certain way. And if it's not a certain way, then we're not good enough. We put it aside for more important things or things we think are more important just in our daily lives. We all know how busy we get every day and it's easy to take that one thing that we think, well, this doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't put food on the table. If you're not getting paid as an artist, I guess, it's easier to set that that aside to do all the other things we need to do. Uh, you might think, well, what if people laugh at me? I don't have any original ideas. But all of these can kind of be summed up into one major block, and that is what if I fail? Because being creative means being vulnerable and giving up control, which is, is really scary. And to create something means that we're subjecting ourselves to possible ridicule, rejection, disappointment, criticism. If we stop and we think about all these perceived risks, that's when we make excuses and that's when we let the fear stop us because it seems so much easier than putting ourselves out there and possibly getting hurt by others' response to what we create. And on our like basic hierarchy of needs, you don't at all think of creativity because you think of like sleeping and nourishing our bodies. So creativity really is like non-existent. But when we ignore it, all of those other things suffer. At least that's how it's been for me. So we really do need to kind of move it up on the scale. I agree. I do think that we need a lot of those basic needs to be met before we can get creative. If we're not getting our sleep, if we're not eating properly, if we're not getting an enough exercise or social interaction, all of those things that we really do need, then creativity suffers. But on the flip side, if we're not using our creativity at some point, all those other things can suffer too. So it kind of is a circular relationship, I think. It's a vicious cycle. It is. (laughs) Sleep is a huge one for me because when I don't sleep, I am like 0% creative and then I don't do my job well and it's just like this ongoing horrible cycle. So I do need sleep in order to be creative, but I think the more that we foster creativity, the better sleep gets and all other things too. So yeah, it's like a cycle. You just have to like jump in somewhere and start doing something and improving. Can you tell us what happens when we ignore the call to create and we don't create anything at all? Well, in my experience, um, when I kind of pushed creativity aside and didn't um, use it to follow my dreams in the way I wanted to, I had all sorts of other negative emotions. There was a lot of withdrawal, detachment from life in general and from my relationships. There was jealousy of other people that were doing the thing I wanted to do but I wasn't doing it. There was bitterness, anxiety, depression, anger, regret at the things I wasn't doing. My life just started to feel pretty flat and dull. 
I wasn't inspired. I, I noticed I wasn't spending time doing any of the things that I previously loved doing that I would sit, consider creative, like cooking or gardening, or um, I like to fix up old furniture, all that type of things that I wasn't doing anymore. Um, I didn't think it was a big deal because I was so busy with other areas of my life. After a while and some reflection, I, I think a lot of those negative emotions could be directly related to the fact that I wasn't getting creative in my life. Wow. So basically, nothing good comes from stifling creativity. You just listed like terrible things. <laughs> in my experience, yes. It was <laughs> that is an awful list that I wouldn't like to avoid. Give my listeners some ideas about how they can cultivate creativity and also how to maybe use it in the best possible way for just being a successful food blogger. So as far as cultivating creativity, I think it helps to keep in mind that none of us know what we are doing. All of us who live creative lives kind of figure it out doing one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And the end result may or may not match what you thought you wanted the end result to be. But we keep evolving and growing. It's a, just a steady exploration of growth and change. That is the goal for me, at least with creativity, is the process. And the end result is a bonus. So if you are thinking about starting a blog or have started a blog or are in the middle of any creative process or at the beginning and are feeling blocked, kind of recognize what thoughts might be holding you back. Are you comparing yourself to someone else who's doing what you want to do and you don't think you'll measure up? One thing a lot of people get into trouble doing is comparing their beginning with someone else's middle. And I think it's really important to realize that we all start where we start and we all improve along the way. And just because you see someone else doing what you want to do and it seems light years ahead of what you could achieve at the moment, that doesn't mean with some practice that you can't get there because you can. And you're worth it. Put aside that time to take creating because it is definitely worth it. Don't worry about creating something that's completely original because a lot of times, at least for myself, I'll say, well, why would I do this? Someone else has already done it, but they've never done it the way you would do it. So no matter what has been done, whether it's a recipe, that it's a lasagna recipe. And, you know, obviously there are lots of lasagna recipes out there, but you're going to do it in a way that's different than all those other recipes because it's you. And you're going to put your own stamp on it. And then, you know, learn to move past that fear of what other people think because you're never going to please everyone. So make it a choice that you're going to please yourself by doing that creative thing that you want to do and make it a habit. If you have decided that it is important enough that you want to make it part of your life, then it needs to be done daily. So it, it can be 15 minutes if that's all you have. But whatever time you have, stick with it and make it a non-negotiable so it gets done every day. And since creativity does come from the soul, I think to create, we need to fill our souls with things we love. So while these things may or may not be creative, they're filling your soul to give it room to be creative. Some of the things I like to spend time doing are, is reading, listening to podcasts or music, um, visiting museums, just being in nature, exercise, interacting with other creative people is a great way to kind of spur more creativity within yourself, travel. There are so many things. And even social media 
you know, Pinterest, Instagram, so many ideas from other people that we can tap into and just use it to spur our own creativity. I loved everything you said, Heather. That was all really good stuff. So there were two things that stood out to me that you talked about. One of those things is comparison. Yes, we are all food bloggers. We're all doing the same general tasks. But every single person has a unique spin, a unique eye, something different to offer readers and people who are coming to see your content. And I think that if we just set that aside, we can be so much better and we can be so much more creative and fulfill a need that really nobody else can fulfill because we all do things in unique ways. And I think that's really important to remember. And the other thing is just filling our minds with positive things, telling yourself that you are worth it. You are creating something that is unique and it is worthwhile and not getting caught up in the negativity. That was an amazing list. Thank you so much, Heather. So Megan, just out of curiosity, since you are a food blogger and what I would consider a very creative person, what are some of your favorite ways to um, be more creative? Ooh, I, as you know, am overflowing with words on this topic. So I guess I have a few things like just to keep it simple. I love the act of just paying attention to the details in not just my work, but in everything. And this sounds almost ridiculous because it's so simple, but it is amazing how being diligent about just paying attention can bring out creative ideas. And right now, this is kind of a trendy topic, the whole mindfulness and being in the present moment. I don't know if you food bloggers have read any of Eckhart Tolle's books. I know you have, Heather, but he speaks a lot on this topic. And I encourage anyone who is wanting to add creativity to their lives to just start there. Uh, Whether you read his books or not, it's just such a simple act. Go outside, leave your phone inside, leave your computer inside and just start noticing things. It seriously is life changing. And just do it for like 10 minutes a day. Look up at the sky, notice nature. And I promise you that you will begin to think more creatively. And I started out just doing it for a few minutes a day, but gradually started doing more and more. And then it becomes more natural. And it really is amazing. The creative thoughts that start coming to me. So that's just one simple thing that I do. Okay, this is something that I have done for years. And I always thought it was really weird because nobody else talked about it. So I kind of got to the point where I didn't talk about it because nobody else was ever mentioning this. What I would do was I would sit like usually during the day or in the really early morning hours, like right before I get out of bed, and I would give a topic or an idea, whether it was work related or just some project that I was thinking about, I would give it concentrated thought. And then I would just back off and just allow it to kind of sit in my head. And creative ideas would literally just start flowing out of me. And I have done this for years. Back when I had a corporate job, if I had a project that wasn't at all creative that I was trying to figure out and just put a creative spin on, I would do this and I would get inundated with ideas. I have avoided mentioning this to many people (laughs) because it just sounds weird. But I found an article recently that made me feel less weird. Turns out people like Albert Einstein, and I think Thomas Edison used the same method for coming up with ideas on their research and inventions. And from what I've read, Albert Einstein referred to them as micro naps. And what he would do is he would fall asleep during the day and he would put spoons in his hands and he would set plates underneath the spoons. So every time he started emerging from that first stage of sleep, the spoons would fall onto the plates and they would wake him up. At that moment, he would be 
flooded with creative ideas about the research he was doing. And this is something that he did a lot. So now I don't feel quite as strange. This is something that I try to tap into. I don't use the spoons. I have not quite taken it that far. <laughs> so back then he called it the micro nap. And now there's a term for it. It's actually called the hypnagogic nap. And it just describes that in between state where you are semi-conscious, but just barely starting to dream. And I'm sure on some level, we've all kind of experienced that, you know, like when you're entering a dream and then you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what I was just thinking about. Um, so Einstein referred to it as this half dreaming, half awake state that allowed his mind to get flooded with images that were relevant to his work. And then I do have another quote from, I got this from the Artist's Way book, and it's a quote from Fritjof Capra. And it says, during periods of relaxation after concentrated intellectual activity, the intuitive mind seems to take over and can produce sudden clarifying insights, which give so much joy and delight. So, like I mentioned earlier, journaling is a huge one for me too. When I'm in the flow of journaling and I do it consistently, I come up with a lot of creative ideas that way. Julia Cameron in her book recommends doing three full pages of journaling every day because sometimes you get to the end of that third page or toward the end and you feel like you haven't come up with any ideas. But then literally like two sentences before you get to the end, something pops up. So I think it is important to do more than what you think you should do. I love all of those, Megan. And I think that is why interacting with other creative people is so important. Just you and I having this conversation about creativity has given me so many more ideas about ways that I can be creative. I mean, it's just holding spoons in your hands. You're totally going to do that later, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes. Spoons in my hands and come up with brilliant ideas. And then I will journal them and... <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I want to know, are there any food bloggers out there who have maybe not done the spoon in hand thing, but done that kind of napping thing as a form of creative inspiration? And then also, I'm curious too, like what gives you creativity? What do you do in your life that allows creativity? And I'm super curious to hear. So please email me and give me some other ideas because I'm always looking for ways to be more creative. So Heather, you mentioned traveling as something that inspires you to be more creative. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I do love traveling because what traveling does for me is, is it makes me pay attention. When you mentioned that earlier, that you try to slow down and pay attention. Sometimes when I'm around the same things every day, same surroundings, same people, same places, um, I don't pay attention as much. So what I love about travel is that when I'm in a new place, it makes me slow down and it's as if all my senses are heightened. And I, I see things clearer, they're sharper, they're brighter, the smells are stronger, the people are interesting because it's something different than what we're used to every day. And, and obviously, I, I can't be on the road traveling constantly. So there's things that I do just in my daily life to mix things up a little bit, going to a coffee shop, you know, a day or two a week is helpful, or just getting outside, that has always been a really good thing for me because nature is always changing. So even if it's um, the same temperature or the same time of year, there are always new things to see in nature. Um, just if you go to work, if you drive to an office every day, just take a taking a different route or mixing up your routine in any way that you can think of, for me, is always very helpful as far as paying attention and, and slowing down and seeing things a little more 
uh, clearly. Yeah, I love that because when we do the same thing every day, we tend to kind of do it blindly. Like there were so many times when I was working at a corporate job when I would drive to work and literally be like, oh my gosh, I did not remember anything about my drive to work because it was just such an ingrained go through the motions type thing, which is kind of scary. But I think we do that in so many different areas of our lives. So to make things different, it kind of makes you to use that term more mindful. And once again, there is something to that. Noticing little things around you is such a good place to start for fostering creativity. Taking a different route to work, going into a different bathroom stall, or I don't know, walking a different route in the evening or whatever it is, just doing something that's different every day. Yes. And I should ask you this and see if you're the same as me. Because what's funny about this is I know if I do these things, I will be more creative. I will just feel better. But sometimes it is so hard to do those things because I get in my habit of being in the same place every day. And even though I know doing some of these other things would be helpful, it's like I have to schedule it in or I just forget to do it. Or it's just easier. There are so many times like I have this one goal that I've literally wanted to implement in my life for like two years and I just haven't done it. Just walking my dog in the morning because I know that if I walked him in the morning, I would get outside and I would be out enjoying the fresh air and the sunshine and being with nature, but I just don't do it. And I know it would be great for me, but yeah, you're right. It's like just so much easier not to do those things. Yeah. And that's why it is important for like we talked about earlier with the habits. Once you know you want to do it, you really, at first anyway, you have to make the effort to do it until it does become that habit. You do just have to almost force yourself to do those things that you know will be good for you, but that you don't do. All right, Heather, that was incredible information. I know my listeners are going to eat this up. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I love just picking your brain about creativity. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. And then I just want to wrap up by addressing food blogging because I mean, we're talking about kind of a general theme of creativity, but food blogging is super creative in like every aspect. We cook, we bake, we develop recipes, we take photos we write. So there are a lot of creative things involved. So if you are creatively blocked, you are not going to do your job as well. So I just encourage you guys to find ways to tap into it even more than you already are. And if nothing else, fall back on those things that you're the best at, whether it's painting or writing and just do more of that. And I'm just hoping that this helps you guys out and helps you to be more creative. So Heather, before you go, please share with us a favorite quote or words of inspiration on the topic of creativity. Sure. I have uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Mary Oliver. And she says, the most regretful people on earth are those who felt the call to creative work, who felt their own creative power restive and uprising and gave to it neither power nor time. And I think that has been true for my own life. Definitely. Um, The last thing I want to do is regret work or dreams I had that were unpursued. And so I would say that you don't have to create for anyone but yourself. So don't get caught up in the questions of worthiness or comparison with others. Just create because there's something in your soul that needs to be expressed. And if others take note, that's great. 
but don't worry about that right now. So the joy is in the process and just give yourself permission to create for the sake of creation and the rest will follow. I think that's like the most important theme of this whole thing is just creating to create, keeping your eyes on your own work and just finding joy in it. Thank you. That was an amazing quote. Heather has a list of her favorite resources relating to creativity and those can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Heather E. Heather, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. You can find me on my website at catchingwonder.com and on Instagram, I'm at Heather Everly. Thank you, Heather. You're amazing. And thanks for listening today, food bloggers. I will catch you next time. Thank you, Megan. And as always, it's been great talking to you and I wish you the best of luck on your new podcast. Thanks. You're the best. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Oh, 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 o